Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of It Starts With Attraction. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing ItStartsWithAttraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to ItStartsWithAttraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Whenever I ask people the question, which area of your attraction do you need the most help in? Overwhelmingly, the answer that people give me is emotional attraction. But not only is it an area of attraction, it's one of the most important areas of attraction when it comes to having healthy and strong relationships. And in today's episode, I am interviewing and talking with Dr. Joe Beam. We have a great conversation about how to identify how to be emotionally attractive in a relationship and what you can do starting today to be even more emotionally attractive in the relationships that you're in. I'm super excited for this episode. Let's get started. Hey, my name is Kimberly Beam Holmes, and this is It Starts With Attraction, where we discuss how to become the most attractive that you can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, or as us insiders call it, the pies. You can become more attractive to others, and most importantly, to yourself. We will teach you how. Let's dive in. So Joe, what would you say is the most important, or at least one of the most important areas of emotional attraction? Well, it gets a little complicated here because there are actually two sides to it. One would be the things that you stop doing or that you don't do. And the other would be the things that you do. Now, interestingly, and this seems to be more common with husbands. I'm not trying to put guys down here, but if I'm talking to a couple, the guy tends to refer to the things he doesn't do as being emotionally attractive. Mm. I don't do this. You know, this other guy treats his wife this way. That guy treats his wife the other way. I don't do any of those things. Therefore, you should be emotionally attracted to me because I'm not doing anything to push you away. Mm. And I say, you know, yeah, that's extremely important. I mean, if you're doing things to push the other person away, that creates within the other person emotions that they do not want to feel, then obviously that's a bad thing because nobody wants to feel those negative emotions and that pushes them further from you. So that's really crucial. It's extremely important, but you can't build a relationship on what you don't do. Hmm. So it's important you don't do it because it can destroy a relationship, but you can't build a relationship with it. And so then when it comes to the other, like, okay, if you're going to do things that evoke emotions that people enjoy feeling, it really comes down to trying to understand which emotion is most important to the other person at the time. Hmm. So, for example, if uh, my wife, Alice, recently went through knee surgery and became very depressed because it didn't heal as fast as she wanted it to, the pain lasted longer than she thought it was going to, when in actuality, according to the physician, she's on schedule with everything but in her mind. And so right now, the most important emotional thing for her is not necessarily to feel that I'm trying to make her laugh or be happy, because that's an emotion. Right now, it's just the emotion of security. Uh, constantly asking, am I going to be okay? Is my knee going to heal? Is there going to be a future? Is it always going to feel like this? And so the emotion that I need to be evoking within her right now, and (laughs) I'm not doing very well at with some days, 
is how to evoke an emotion within her where she feels good about her future. She feels secure. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know exactly how you identify that emotion. It's not elation. It's a kind of love, but I don't know exactly what it is other than to say security. Yet when we use that word, people go, that's not an emotion. Right. Right. But, but it really is if you understand what I'm trying to say. And so what's the most important? I think it's based on the other person is at the time. Uh, help me feel secure or maybe it's evoking emotions of humor, laughter, I, you know, just enjoying life. Maybe it's just, I want to feel that and know for, for a fact that you love me. So for example, if uh, some other person has been involved in a relationship, even though they shouldn't have been, then it may be for the next period of time, the most important, important emotion to evoke within the other person is just to feel loved. You are the one I've chosen. You're the person that I want to be with. And so, yes, always don't do the negatives. But when it comes to the positive, it's like, which one does this person most want or need right now? And that varies with circumstance. Right. And how do you even go about figuring that out, identifying that in the other person? Well, in an ideal situation, the other person would tell you. That would be ideal. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes they themselves don't know. Mm. I mean, when somebody gets into a blue funk and you ask them, what do you need? What do you want? They are because they're in this kind of depression kind of thing going on. They won't even give you a good answer. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't really know. So sometimes I think it's a kind of thing of trial an era. So if you're doing something that normally would evoke positive emotions, but it's not working now, rather than going, who knows? I can't figure it out. I give up. I think the right response is, okay, that's not what he or she needs right now. And then, uh, again, conversation, if the other person will actually be open and honest, but the direct question probably not going to work well. Like, what do you need right now? That's probably not going to get you the answer you want. It may, but probably not. It would be more like, where do you hurt? Where do you feel bad? Um, what do you think you'd like to do today? You just those roundabout questions and then figuring out and doing the best you can to help evoke those emotions in that person for that circumstance. So it's more of an art than a science, like we say about many of the things we teach. Mm -hmm. If it were altogether simple, like, oh, if you hear this word, then do that then our jobs would be easy right. <laughs> and everybody would have wonderful marriages. Uh, human beings are just much too complex for that. They really are. So it sounds like there needs to be a lot of patience in this process because uh -huh. the tendency that I see in my own relationship and other relationships, couples I'm friends with, whatever, is that, you know, one of them, let's just say, uh, let's say my husband is sick, which happens more than I'd like, <laughs> let's say, let's say he's sick. He's not feeling well. He is needing certain things, but for him, sometimes it's, he wants to be left alone. He wants mm -hmm. to sleep. He wants peace and quiet. But for me, it can be difficult because I want to make sure he's okay. I want to feel, I, mm -hmm. there's this emotion within me of, for me, if it, if I were sick, here's what I would want you to do. Mm -hmm. Right. But then when I do it for him, it doesn't work that well, but it can be difficult for me to change my, you know, what is it? The MO to give me difficult. <laughs> Motor's not yeah, yeah. It can be difficult. So how can you even shift your thinking? Well, I think way? that's the first thing we've been telling people for 30 years now, almost that the first thing we typically give other people is what we think we need mm -hmm. because, well, if that's what I would need here, that's what you need. And you, you have to consciously stop and back up and go, no, that's mm. not it right now. So for example, if I get sick, mm -hmm. I want people to leave me the heck alone. I think that tends to be a thing with guys, but 
but I want to be happy. And, but yet, Alice, my wife is very touchy feeling when I'm sick is when she wants to do most stuff for me mm-hmm. when I'm thinking, no, no, no. And so it's a matter of paying attention, mm-hmm. realizing it, that he or she may not be made the same way I am, think the same way, feel the same way, need the same things. And again, it goes back to paying a lot of attention. And I think that's the simple solution to all of this. Well, it's not simple, but that's the solution to all of this. If, if the other person is not telling me, either because they don't know how mm-hmm. or because they're aggravated that I'm asking or whatever it might be, you pay attention. And, and the things that evoke the emotions that they enjoy feeling, you replicate. The things that you do that evoke emotions they don't enjoy feeling, you eliminate. Hmm. And you just have to figure that out over time. But you can if you pay attention. Sure. And if you're willing to maybe do some things that are different, don't, that don't come naturally to you. Uh-huh. It's, it's like my mother, when she was still alive, when she would cook, uh, it's like, you've got to lose weight. Why don't you want a third helping? What's wrong with my food? <laughs> so you get totally contradictory messages from her. Joe, you're getting fat. What do you mean you don't want any more of my peach pie or my peach mm-hmm. cobbler? This, and, and so, yeah, it's a matter of getting out of myself really focus on the other person for what he or she needs. Mm. So the phrase do unto others. As, as you would have them do unto you. It makes sense if you put it in context. What it, that's basically referring to negative things. Hmm. What it's saying is don't do the things to other people that you don't want people doing to you. Mm-hmm. And in a general sense, the positive, but it's not necessarily the, the same. Well, I think what it means is treat people with respect. I think that's what that means. Hmm. Respect the other person. Do for them what they need. Mm-hmm. Because the same book that we find that so-called golden rule in about doing to others as you would have them do unto you is also talked is a, a same book that has the thing in it that you do for others what builds them up according to their needs. Hmm. Hmm. So it addresses both sides of this. Uh Now, there were some things you mentioned at the beginning when we opened up of there's two parts of the emotional attraction. There's things you stop doing. Mm -hmm. What are those things? Well, what we see with couples over time is that they typically, when they're in the courtship period, tend to be very attentive. And they tend to do things that that evoke emotions when the other person, the other person enjoys. Disrespect is easier to see by far. Mm Mm-hmm. I remember being in a meeting once that was a, a successful physician in the meeting. His wife was there and something about business came up and in front of all of us. She said, well, if it weren't for me, we wouldn't have any money. Mm. He's a good doctor, but he's a lousy businessman. He has no idea how to handle money. So mm. he better be thankful he's married to me. Now you might look at that and go, well, if you're all close friends, well, I was watching him mm. and you could see the humiliation now, he was a pretty strong guy, and, and it only flickered in his eyes for a few seconds. But it's like, why do you need to tell people things about him in public that make him feel put down? Right. And yet we see it all the time. Mm-hmm. People ridiculing mm-hmm. or uh, saying negative things about their spouses in front of other people. That's one way. Mm-hmm. That's one of the greatest senses of disrespect. Another, though, is this. I dealt with a, a physician again years ago that said, if my wife's weight problem were medical, I'd have a different view of it. But she knows how important health is to me, and she just won't take care of herself. I feel disrespected. Mm-hmm. So respect has to do with how you treat somebody in front of other people, but mm-hmm. also how you treat them individually. And if you know, if you know that something's important to them, uh, then violating that is obviously a big thing of disrespect. Mm. It's a, it's a big, big deal. 
So it can be all kinds of ways you can see the disrespect. This like, the difference in like and love is this. Um, I imagine everybody out here can think of somebody that they love who on occasion they don't want to be around. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. I don't want to be around you right now because right now I don't like the way you're behaving. Mm-hmm. Love has to do with I care about who you are. Like has to do with how I react to what you do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like is kind of more in the moment. It could change over time. Absolutely. Well, love can too, but it takes longer. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, can change pretty instantly. And respect. I remember seeing a marriage fall apart because the higher he went up the corporate ladder, whenever she would go to a company event with him, she would dress worse than the time before. And and so I was talking to the two of them. I asked her, why do you do that? She said, I'm going to keep him humble. <laughs> I said, but you're embarrassing in front of all his peers. Well, I'm just going to let her know that he's not as hot and shot as he think he is, as he thinks he is. And it's like, I, find, I saw that marriage actually end over that. He felt so disrespected. Like, how can I be with you? But what if there is a person you're in relationship with, whether married or a friend or something like that, where they really do just have crazy demands where they, you know, they're wanting you to do things for them that maybe is too much or go, you know, how do you handle that kind of situation? I think those are much more difficult. That's where there's a value of a third party. Mm. Because sometimes when you're saying to the person, this is just asking too much, you know, the question has to exist at least in one mind, if not both, is it really too much or are you, are you just being selfish yourself? Mm-hmm. So the value of a, an objective third party who really is objective, therefore it tends not to be somebody like mama, a friend. I mean, that can be a big, bad deal, but a, a truly objective third party who can uh, look at it and go, in my opinion, what you're asking for is way too much. Now, I actually worked with a couple one time where he was um, in a wheelchair and could only use his arms. His legs were dead. Uh, and she resented anything he asked her to do. Hmm. Anything. And and I'm watching thinking, he's doing a lot of stuff. He's doing as much as I could see. Now, of course, I only had a limited view. I was only with him for a short period of time. But it appeared to me that everything he could do, he did. Yet she resented the fact that he couldn't do the other things. Because when they married, he was healthy. Mm-hmm. But this deterioration physically had come over time. wasn't his fault. It was actually a, an inherited thing, mm-hmm. disease. And so when I'm talking to them and she said, can you see that? Can you see what he just asked of me? As the objective third party, my response was, well, I realize I'm only seeing this a, a slice of life here, but it seemed awfully reasonable to me. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't want to do it, that's one thing, but don't accuse him of being too demanding when in actuality, what he's asking for is very reasonable. Yet people who are full of resentment may mm. not even listen to the third party. Hmm. So what if the people, some of the people listening, they're identifying and saying, you know, I do resent my spouse or someone in my life who I feel like has been too demanding. How can you change that feeling of resentment in order to get that relationship to last? Well, obviously you got to talk about it because there's always the possibility they are too demanding. Mm-hmm. And if so, that's going to have to be dealt with. And so sometimes you have to kind of draw the line and say, I'm happy to be in this relationship, which is a give and take relationship, but I'm, I'm not going to be the one doing all the giving mm-hmm. and you do be the one doing all the taking. So let's, let's talk this through. Let's try to find some kind of resolution. Mm-hmm. If indeed they can talk to each other openly and honestly, hopefully most of those things can be worked out. It's when one person shuts out what the other thinks or feels because of their own uh, strong desire to have what they want, 
That's when it's going to cause problems. And how do you fix that? That's going to take a lot of work because I can't change another person. Mm. And so it's either A, okay, I'm just going to live with this and be all right with it. So I'm going to accept it. And in some cases that actually makes sense. Or B, no, this is too, this is too demanding. It's too unrealistic. I cannot live like this. I remember, for example, actually talking to this woman, this was many years ago, who was full of bitter resentment toward her husband because of, of the demands he was making of her sexually. Hmm. And it was constantly every day and, and always more and this and that and the other to the point where she felt she had no value as a human being. Mm-hmm. And she kept telling him, you've got to back off. You've got to stop this. You've got to let go. And he was like, no. And he would even use scripture. First Corinthians seven says you have to all that kind of good stuff. And, uh, well, actually I said good stuff. It wasn't good at all until finally she in great bitterness divorced him saying, I am not a piece of meat. I am not your slave. Mm-hmm. I can't live like that. And so sometimes people are due to too demanding and you try your best to deal with it. Get the third party to help you with it. Unfortunately, if they refuse to change ever, and it really is too demanding, it's probably going to wind up bad. It's not going to end well. But again, you're back to the third party because it may be that that person's not as demanding as you think. Now, I'm not saying that that woman shouldn't have felt the way she felt. I, I never knew that situation other than her side of it. And, and I have no reason to doubt her side of it. But in some situations, people feel put upon when really all it is is normal situations. Mm. So it's it, both parties have to be willing to look at it objectively. And that often requires a third party that they each respect. If they don't respect the third party, it still doesn't work. That part of it even has to be hard because so many people are very private. They don't want to go to, mm-hmm. you know, a mentor or a trusted friend or an older couple or anyone to, mm-hmm. and then share this. Mm-hmm. So if one or both are against bringing other people in, they're saying, we're just going to try and evaluate this ourselves. Can they, is it possible to evaluate, evaluate it yourself unbiasedly? Well, anything's possible, but is it likely <laughs> Not probable. <laughs> it's not likely to occur. And, and you're right, because there's so much bad advice out there. There really is. I don't blame people for saying, I don't want to talk to anybody. They're all idiots. Because mm-hmm. if you put, <laughs> post a problem on Facebook, you'll find out how many idiots there are oh out gosh. there who all know exactly mm-hmm. what you need to do. But so if, if my spouse, for example, says we're not going to find an objective third party, okay, then let's do our best to reason this out together. Mm-hmm. Now, we still might want to go find some like, you know, YouTube videos that might be helpful. Be careful about that. Yeah. Some of those can also lead you in the wrong direction. There's mm-hmm. a lot of bad information out there. Mm-hmm. But if they can, it really all comes back to, am I willing to really, really hear the other person and understand not only what he or she's saying, but what he or she is feeling, which, by the way, evokes positive emotions in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that, if you will do that, mm-hmm. then most problems can be worked out. The problems that don't get worked out is when one or both just become adamant, it will be my way or no way. Hmm. How does passive aggressiveness fit into that? Well, it's just a way of fighting without appearing to fight. And so... It's like, yes, I'm complying. I'm giving you what it is you want. And yet you sabotage the whole process as best you can as you go through it. And the other person begins to realize it. So you even say things like, oh, you want me to get you another cup of coffee? Here it is. Enjoy your coffee. Well, just from the tone of voice, you know, this person's not happy about Mm -hmm. that. Uh, 
So passive aggressive is this one of the many ways a couple can have it out when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. But passive aggressive behavior can be very frustrating because it's hard to prove the other person's fighting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so rather than either way, it's still not dealing with the situation directly. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the opposite or at least on an opposite end of what we talked about earlier when someone is very demanding, wanting things. And this other side with this, if it, if someone's being a passive aggressive, then it's more, I'm complying. I'm doing what you're wanting. Mm-hmm. Seemingly. Yeah. But just with enough irritation to it. It's not, anyway, it's causing frustration to the sure. person. Now we have dealt over the years, I've dealt particularly over the years with many, and and I'm not trying to put guys down here, but this would be more husbands and wives mm-hmm. that the wife kept saying, we can't live like this. You're demanding too much. You're expecting too much, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. I can't go through like this. And the, and the other, and the husband did not listen until finally mm-hmm. she either file for divorce and he gets a notice, you know, here's your divorce serving, or she winds up being involved with somebody else. And then the husband's calling saying, help me, help me, help me. And then they'll admit, well, you know, she's been saying this for a long time, sometimes years. He's been saying this for years, but I kept telling her, okay. And typically they explain it with the negative goodness. I'm not drinking. I'm not Mm -hmm. running around. So you should be happy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Again, don't do those things because they'll evoke the wrong kinds of emotions if you do. And it's very important. But you can't build a relationship on that. So what I'm trying to say about this is this. Not that if you want to get your spouse's attention, you go have an affair. That's not the point. Or that the first thing you have to do is go and file for divorce. That's not the point either. The point is that sometimes the other spouse will not hear you until they realize just how serious you are about what you're going to do. Hmm. So if there's people listening to this and they're hearing it and saying, I feel like I'm in that situation where I have an emotional need, something that I am just, I really require for my relationship to go on and for me to be happy, then what would, what guidance would you give to those people? Ideally, that individual would then find some objective third party and say to him or her, Like, this is what I need. This is what I want. Because the objective third party might respond, good grief, what you're asking for is beyond the pale. I mean, are you Cinderella? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Are you Prince Charming? Don't expect that's not going to happen. So ideally, you'd actually find some objective. And that's not going to be your best buddy. It's not going to be your mama. It's going to be somebody who really is truly objective and, and say, first of all, help me evaluate. Am I asking too much? Secondly, then... And that's still ideally, I realize most people won't do that, but that would be the ideal. Then approaching the spouse and either putting up a stop or a core. A stop is a safeguard that offers protection. Like this is what you have to stop. And a core is a continuing our relationship essential. This has got to start. Now, if they do that, mm-hmm. and we probably need to do some other things about stops and cores to explain this in detail. But if they do that, it's like, this is how serious it is. If you don't stop that behavior, this is a negative consequence that's going to occur. Mm. Or unless you do this for me or with me, here's a negative consequence that's going to occur. So a continuing relationship essential is this has to happen. Now, if it does, here's the good things that will come from it. But if it doesn't, here's the negatives. And so let's say, for example, uh, I'm just picking one out of the air here. Let's say that uh, we have a, a woman who has a tremendous anger problem and she screams obscenities mm-hmm. at her husband, uh, says all kinds of mean, terrible things in front of the kids, those mm-hmm. kinds of things. So a stop would be, 
the safeguard that offers protection is not only to safeguard my emotions, but to safeguard the children. This can't happen. And if you do that, mm. then here's the negative consequence. Uh, if you do that, by the way, you've got to bring about the negative consequence. And we recommend they be tiered. Like the first one is uh, the kids and I are going to see my mom for a week. And if we decide to come back and you do it again, then the second time, here's a bigger consequence that's going to happen. Uh, you're going to be out of the house. I'm going to do what it takes. And the third time, I'm going to see an attorney or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to give ex- exactly what to do. I'm trying to give an example. But the other side of that might be a core. Continuing relationship ex- uh, essential would be you have such an anger problem. Mm-hmm. You've got to see somebody who is a specialist in helping you deal with that anger. Mm-hmm. If you do, we'll continue to maintain the marriage and do their best to make it work. If you refuse to do that, here comes the negative consequence. And if you make those consequences, positive or negative, you have to do them. Because if you don't, you've just lost everything. The other person doesn't pay attention to what you say anymore because they know that you're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, yeah, you have to make a demand. This is going to happen. But we recommend that not on minor things. Some things, some things people thought about, if they step back and look at it, they're like, it's just not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. Let's just let it go. But on major things, and, and the reason I brought that up about the woman screaming and yelling obscenities in front of the children, I just actually talked to that person not long ago. Mm. And the spouse was saying, I can't let my children live in this anymore. It's mm-hmm. devastating them. It's destroying them. What do I do? And I said, if you set uh, a stop, she said, well, we call them boundaries. But yeah, I set one. And then when he violated it, what did you do? Well, I told him he better not do it again. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you lost all, all power there. And how long are you going to let this go on? Mm. What do you mean? What's it doing to your children? What's it doing to you? I mean, you can live in this, but you've got to make the consideration. How does it affect my children? Not just in the short term, but the long term. And then maybe you have to got to set a stronger boundary, but if or what we would call a stop. And mm-hmm. if you do that, you've got to enforce it or a core. And for this particular case, it's like, uh, it really needs to be that this other person's required to get some kind of help, some kind of therapy. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think I changed genders in the middle of that story because the <laughs> real story, it was the wife talking about the husband. I was trying mm-hmm. to disguise that. <laughs> but then in the middle, I got my pronouns mixed up and didn't disguise it too well. But it, it was a husband to the point that uh, if if uh, one of the children didn't do what he liked, he would not speak to that kid for a week. Mm. And it's like, are you really going to let that continue? Right. Well, I want to save my marriage. I want to help you save your marriage too. Yeah. But what a positive emotion is he evoking within you or those kids? Right. And how's that affecting you? So sometimes, well, I'm sorry. Sometimes we get off on the negative here. It really can most of the time be solved unless the other person is just shut off. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to do whatever the heck I want to do, no matter what, then you have a bigger problem. But in most situations, if you can be open and honest with each other, not screaming, not yelling, not attacking, mm-hmm. but actually talking about it openly and honestly, not saying you dirty, rotten, think this is what you do, which almost always leads the other person to be defensive. Instead saying, let me tell you how I feel. Let me tell you how this is affecting me. Then most of these things can be worked out. Mm-hmm. So back to your original question, what's the most important? Well, obviously, don't do the negatives. And when it comes to the positive, what's the most important one right now based on where the other person is? Mm. That's so good. And that increases the emotional attraction. Mm-hmm. 
that they would hopefully have towards you, but it could even increase the emotional attraction you have towards your spouse if you both are doing this and Absolutely. you get into a rhythm of it. And good relationship, it always happens mm-hmm. because there is no perfect relationship. There's always difficulties, always problems. Sure. But these are the people that wind up having long, fulfilling lives together. It's mm-hmm. always give and take. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Joe, for being on. We'll, of course, have you on again. There's so much more to uncover, talk about, and unveil that we didn't even touch the surface on or mention today. Yeah. <laughs> a lot more to it. Yeah. So much more to it. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank and you. our audience can find you best... MarriageHelper.com would be the best place to go. That's MarriageHelp, E-R, MarriageHelper.com. And you can find a lot that we have there that are resources to help you with. As well as every Monday, you have a live show that you do on YouTube and Facebook and over the radio. But we can, uh, and sometimes I'm on that with you. But it's Joe's show, people call all over the world because they want to talk to you. So if you are one of those people saying, I want to call and ask a question, he hit on something that I want to know more about, then you can find out about that live show again at marriagehelper.com. You can follow Marriage Helper on Facebook, and you can also subscribe to Marriage Helper on YouTube to get notified about when events like that happen. Okay. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Here are the key pies takeaways for this episode with Dr. Joe Beam. Emotional attraction is all about evoking positive emotions. So be aware of your partner, your spouse, your kids, your coworkers, and the attitudes that they're having. Here's item number two, pay attention. The things that evoke positive emotions that people enjoy feeling Replicate those things. Keep doing those things that are leading to the positive feelings. And number three is stop doing the things that are not evoking positive emotions. Watch what your actions do to other people. Watch how they influence people's behaviors and attitudes. This isn't about you figuring out how to get your needs met. It's about you figuring out how you can best meet other people's needs. Those are the key pies takeaways from this episode. Friends, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Remember to go and subscribe to this podcast and leave an honest review. I love to hear from you guys. So be sure to go and do that. And it will also help more people find the podcast as well. You can always find out more information by going to itstartswithattraction.com for show notes, for updates, and to join the email list so that every Friday you can get an encouraging email that specifically tells you what you can do to work on your pies so that you can become the best that you can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. Until next week, keep working on your pies and stay strong.